Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Come on, let's continue to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I've um, been, been working on a paper for school. Um, and the passage came to me that it, it, it it's been, it had been bothering me for years. Not bothering me, but it's one that really stayed in my conscience, in my psyche. And it was um, Ezekiel, the 14th chapter. And I wrote my paper on Ezekiel. We were doing a, a study of the, um, the latter prophets. Um, and I did the, the, the study, the, my paper on this particular passage. And I was amazed as to what the Lord revealed through Ezekiel. Uh, who was a uh, a priest, um, and he probably was a priest. He was a priest before he went into captivity, and because um, after the captivity, he was called into the ministry of the prophet. So a lot of his um, his prophecy has a lot of priestly terms in it. But we want to talk today about. The heart matters. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Want to give it as God has given to me. Let us pray. Father God, it's in Jesus' name that we come. We thank you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercies. Father, there is none like you. You are God and God alone. You are the uh, creator. You created the heavens and the earth. And Father, we, uh, we stand in awe when we consider uh, the creation. Even just that amount of creation that we can behold, we are in all. And we thank you that we uh, know that you are all-powerful. You are almighty, omnipotent. We, uh, we thank you that we know that you are uh, omnipresent. But we also thank you, Father, that you are merciful and gracious. The psalmist say, oh, Lord, if you mark iniquity, who can stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. And Father, you have brought us unto yourself through Jesus Christ. So we come this morning to hear, and oh God, and to speak your word. And we ask that you would, I ask that you would take me this morning. Uh, and as a trumpet, Father, may your uh, word come through me as a, with a clarion sound that the, uh, everyone that here may prepare themselves for battle, may prepare themselves for victorious living. It's in Jesus' name that we pray we thank you. Amen. I want to confess before I even get started, I call myself dotting every I and crossing every T this morning before I left the house. I put all my stuff together and I said, okay, I'm ready to go. I went and told James, let's go. I always get to the front door and I stop for a minute before I close it because I try to remember, did I leave anything? Got in the car and come on down the road, got in the parking lot and realized that I left 
my computer. In my Bible. <laughs> oh, but thank God I got it on my phone. So if you see me squinching a little bit, that's what I'm doing. Ezekiel was in captivity. He was taken with the uh, first group of captives. Taken to Babylon. Because Israel had ended into adultery. And that's the only time they were taken into captivity. The northern kingdom by Assyria, I think in 726, uh, and then north, the, the southern kingdom in, 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 um, uh, in 500, I think, 86 or something to that effect. They were taken into captivity. And each was taken into captivity because they had entered into adultery. While with, with her, her, her adultery come a whole lot of things, come a whole gamut of things. You enter into uh, 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 um, immorality, you know, immoral activities. And I'm not going to be too graphic, but into things like that. You lie, you cheat, you cheat, you steal. There's a lot of things that come with entering into adultery. Well, when the, uh, these elders came to Ezekiel, although they had been separated from uh, Jerusalem and taken to Babylon, when they went to Ezekiel to inquire of the Lord. Now, our scholars debate as to what was their purpose for going to Ezekiel because in the eighth chapter, it said the, the elders of Israel, but in the fourth, in the eighth chapter and 20th chapter, it said the elders of Israel went and sat before Ezekiel. So this was something that they did on a regular basis. But in the 14th chapter, it said the elders of Judah. Okay? That tells us something. These particular uh, individuals were coming, and they probably were appointed in Babylon, these particular elders. They, and, 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 and as you read the chapter, it appears that they came to get Ezekiel to intercede on behalf of Jerusalem. And the Lord said to Ezekiel something that we all need to take into consideration. He said, son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts. He said, should I, uh, should I allow myself to be inquired of them at all? They set up idols in their heart. Now, they had been separated from Jerusalem, so the physical idol was no longer an issue. But they had set it up in their hearts. Well, when I, you know, we, if you're a teacher, if you're any, even a child of God in the body of Christ today, you're wondering what's wrong with the church. What's going on with the church? Why is it that, you know, we are so segmented? You got the white church and the black church, and the, you, you got the, 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 uh, 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 the, you know, the, the, well, I want to say, uh, Hispanic, because they say Mexican, but it's, it's a, a Hispanic church. And it's so segmented. And let me tell you something. God created different nationalities on the earth. But he never meant for us to be so separated from each other. And, and, and that's because the multifaceted uh, uh, ideas and whatnot that each individual culture can produce, they come up with. Every culture has something that they're strong in, right? And it all brings glory to God because one culture couldn't do it. It took a multitude of cultures to be able to bring glory to God. But we have bought into a world system of thinking, talking about idols. Now, see, we're not dealing with physical idols now. 
We are dealing with ideologies, the way we think. What happened to these people in Babylon? They had been separated from the physical idol, but what they did was they sought to syncretize God with the idols of the land. What I mean by that? They, 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 they adopted the other idols of the land, and they tried to serve God as well. So they tried to equate him with these other with these idols, and God uh, God is not going to have it. Now, what's happening today? Today, what is going on is that we have different ideology, different mindsets, different religions. I've seen on the back of some cars that have the Star of David and the and, and, and the, the crescent moon and all of these, and they say, "Why can't we dwell together?" Why can't we coexist? Thank you. Why can't we coexist? Well, simply because our belief system is different. And we can't coexist. We can love you. We don't hate you. You understand? Any Christian that's a true Christian. I'm talking about true Christians. I'm not talking about professing Christians. Because these are some of the ones that's bringing the issues uh, into the body of Christ. Making the whole body of Christ look bad because they're just professors. They are not possessors. They don't really have what they say they have. And, 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 and we're going to show today that how you can tell they don't have it. Okay? Because we have bought into this thinking as well. You can't judge me. Don't judge me. And then you, you know, we get nervous. Well, I don't want to judge. Well, <laughs> the thing is, the Bible told us to discern them. We know when somebody is not living right. Let me tell you something. Let me give you just a, you know, a, a sign that anybody can see, anybody can be aware of. And that is, if you can sin and do not get convicted whatsoever, you're not saved. A true Christian, a saved person, the one that Jesus Christ has redeemed, and now we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we may sin, right? Because we're not perfect yet. But we're going to be miserable because the Holy Spirit will convict us. You can't continue to live there. You can't get comfortable there. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, no standeth in the way of sinners, no sitteth in the seat of the scornful. When you get to the place where you're sitting in the seat of the scornful, something wrong. You did, in other words, scornful is, is, is you turning up your nose at God. You don't uh, take God at his word. You don't think God would do see because a lot of times what we would do is take the mercy and the compassion of God as weakness. And as God is not going to do what he said he's going to do. Now, as Christians, I understand we're living in the time of grace. I understand the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something that even this morning I got up after I have been at the computer getting this, uh, you know, typing this message. I ended up with 10 pages. I'm not going to preach 10 pages. But to show you, I had just got through research, so I had all this stuff in me. But anyway... Out of all that stuff I had taped this morning, the Lord shared with me. He said, what Christians need to do is to make sure they're adding. Okay, we want to get saved. We get saved, right? And we want to say, oh, I love everybody. And that is 
so to be admired, the fact that you want to love everybody. And that's fine. That's what we are. We are lovers. But listen what Peter said. In 2 Peter, first chapter, verse 5 through 11, he said, Grace and mercy be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. According as his divine power, he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith. Virtue, into virtue, knowledge, into knowledge, temperance, into temperance, patience, into patience, brotherly kindness, into brotherly kindness, godliness, right? Into godliness, love. Now, if, if all these things have to be added before you get to love, that tells us that we are being developed in love. But we got to first develop virtue. Patient. All of these things are, 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 are made up in love. If we don't have patience, if we don't have uprightness, virtue, if we don't uh, uh, try to be understanding to people, see, these are things that the Holy Spirit works in us. Uh, it's things that if we're not doing it, as we study the Word of God and get convicted, we are going to, the, the Holy Spirit would not let us rest until we rest in him and allow him to do his job in us. But let me tell you something, buying into the world's thinking, what we have tried to do was syncretize God, syncretism. We have tried to mix uh, God, Jehovah, and I've been calling him Yahweh lately because on my papers, that's what I call him. I don't say why, I say Y-H-W-H, simply because uh, God or Elohim is just a title for any God. But Yahweh is his name. And I'm not a Jehovah Witness, I'm just telling you. So even in the King James, they separate when they say Lord is, uh, when it's, it's Yahweh, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. All right, when it's lowercase, it's, uh, it's, um, it's master, Lord. Now, so, so if I say Yahweh, please understand what I'm saying. So the thing is, is that we have been called to be people of God, but we have to separate ourselves from the world's thinking. And what I'm saying about that is that you got different groups that have arisen in this day and time who mix Christianity to uh, all kind of things. And what they end up doing is creating a God that does not exist. Why do I say that? You can take a whole lot of Christian doctrine and add error to it, and it ceases to be the Christian doctrine. I started to bring... Some, 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 some clear water, clear, clear glass of water this morning. And I wanted to just take just a little dye and put it in there, just a drop. Just to show you what I'm talking about, just, but just picture it in your mind. If I got a clear glass of water and I take just, say it's some Kool-Aid, just a drop of Kool-Aid and it do it cease to be pure. Water anymore. No, no, no. It's not clear. It's not pure anymore. It ceases to be that. So if you take Christian doctrine, 
and add anything to it, even in the name of love. You add anything to it, it ceases to be the Christian doctrine. And this is the problem with that. Paul, when he was in the 17th uh, chapter of Acts, on Mars Hill, he said that he saw that the, uh, uh, the, the people, uh, I forget who they were, they uh, were some uh, philosophers. They were, um, had their different statues. Uh, that they were worshiping, and they had one, they, they had so many different ones. Because, see, it's hard for man to believe that one God <laughs> controls all of this. They, 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 they believe you have to have different gods. You have, a, have to, you have to have a God for the crops. You have to have the, uh, a God for a woman giving birth. You got to have a God for, for the children that can write. You got to have a God for everything. You don't believe that one God can do it all. But let me show you something. When, uh, uh, when our Lord has brought us to a place where he's given us understanding to realize, to, to, he had to reveal himself to us, right? And when, once he revealed himself to us, now we know. We know truth from error. But when you take outside thinking, worldly thinking, and try to mix it in, you run into what Paul said it was the unknown God. Listen to what Paul said about the unknown God, whom you ignorantly worship. You, you don't know how to worship him because you don't know him. So we create a God that we don't know. You say, well, I read my Bible, and the Bible says, yeah, but you added something that's not there. To say that God allows things that he does not allow is a God that does not exist. To say God will allow me to do various things, even though I'm a Christian, he allowed me to do various things that's contrary to good Christian living, that's contrary to what we know of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a God that does not exist. What has happened is the body of Christ, the preachers have bought into it as well. I'm sorry. Not every preacher. When I say preacher, please, you understand I'm not talking about every preacher. But listen to what the Lord said to Ezekiel. Um, he, he, he told Ezekiel in the third or third chapter, Son of man, your people talk about you in their houses and whisper about you at the doors. They say to each other, come, let us go and hear uh, the prophet uh, tell us what the Lord is saying. People come to church every Sunday trying to hear what the Lord is saying. Turn on television trying to hear what the Lord is saying. But listen to this. So my people come pretending to be sincere. My people, none of what the Lord said, my people come. <laughs> pretending to be sincere and sit before you. They listen to your words, but they have no intention of doing what you say. Their mouths are full of lustful words, and their hearts seek only after money. You are very entertaining to them. Like someone who sings love songs, with a beautiful voice. Yeah, you become entertainment. Y'all know uh, a lot of times that when you look on television, you turn on television, that's what you see. A lot of times you, you turn on the radio. A lot of times, I, I, James will tell you, I don't even have my radio on. 
because I, some of the stuff I can't stand to hear. First of all, just like Bishop always saying, it's so true, some of this stuff is not after biblical doctrine. It's stuff that you concocted in your own mind. You understand what I'm saying? When we create a Holy Spirit that only concerned about your tongue, something wrong. When we make that priority that, 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 that you got to be slain in the Spirit and speak in other tongues, we have created a God that does not exist. Because we have situations in the Bible where people were filled with the Holy Spirit and they never spoke in tongues. But we have created something that does not exist. It's an idol of our own imagination, an idol of our own lustful thinking. And usually when we create an idol, that idol has frailties and weaknesses like us. We figure that idol may be mad at us, so you're not listening. <laughs> because we'll do the same thing. You make me mad enough, I ain't going to answer the phone. And y'all know we do that. And, and, and so when you create an idol, that idol ain't going to answer the phone either. You know what I'm saying? When I say phone, you understand what I mean? When you call him, you don't know if you heard you or not. That's an idol that don't exist. When you need something from that idol, you don't know if you're going to get it or not. I often ask myself, oh my God, and this is another thing that stayed with me. When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he was transfigured before Peter, uh, Peter uh, James, and John, right? When they came down, well, at the bottom of the mountain, this man had brought his demon-possessed son to those disciples that were there. And uh, they, he asked those disciples if they could cast the demon out of his son. Those disciples tried and were unsuccessful. And, you know, uh, the theologians have... Uh, Bickered about why could they not cast him out? You know, uh, 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 you know, various reasons. Oh, they didn't have the power at that time. Listen to what the Lord said. Now, let me back up for a second. Usually, and this is what bothered me about this passage. Usually, if we encountered that, where we were trying to cast a demon out of somebody, or trying to do something and asking God to, to, to perform a miracle or a healing for this particular person, and it didn't happen, a lot of times we walk away and say, well, it must not be God's will. So they would have walked away from it. But when Jesus came down the mountain, he showed that it was God's will. How many times have we walked away from situations and circumstances because it didn't happen right away or because we were the problem, we said it wasn't God's will. See, this is what, the reason I, this, this chapter in Ezekiel have, uh, captured my attention because I know that I've been guilty. When I was, I've been in church a long time, got saved in 1981. I bought in worldly thinking, not, not realizing it. And it's only because of studying that the Holy Spirit was able to reveal this to me, that it wasn't after Scripture. Many things I were taught, it was after a, 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 a men's doctrine. Women couldn't wear pants. Women had to wear long dresses and, 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 and everything baggy on the woman. 
men, uh, uh, you know, it, it was so many, so many, we were so constricted, couldn't go to the movie theater. You know, in, in, in essence, what you create when you do that. This is the problem of serving idols. When we serve an idol, we create that idol after our own likeness, right? And the idol, we, 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 we feed that, the idol or teaching of the idol to people and it has the weaknesses and the constrictions that we feel like been on our lives. You can't go to the movie theater. It's because you don't go to the movie theater. Why? Because you think you'll get defiled. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating, go, we got to grow up and know what we can look at. We got to know what songs we can and cannot listen to. We have to know this. It's the Holy Spirit in us that teaches us what is right and what is wrong. Don't you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, uh, teach this morning, um, um, what word I'm looking for? Well, for lack of a better word, selective morality. And I know that's a better word for it, but let me tell you what I'm talking about. Is that you saying that that might be good for you, but it's not for me. Now, that's good on one level, but, but, but on the actual level, on the main level, it's not right. Because there is a standard that God has that everybody has to abide by. But there are some things that's going on in my life that you may be able to indulge in that I can't. Why? Because of the weakness that I experienced when I was coming up. So Steve may be able to do it, but I can't do it because the Holy Spirit telling me, don't do it. See, we have moved away and we have become, we have created babies that don't know how to determine what's right and what's wrong. We don't know how to listen to the Holy Spirit because we bought in worldly thinking. That's why I, I, I posted the other day, we got to get back to the God of the Bible and stop this foolishness. That's Old Testament. Don't you know that the, uh, the Old Testament, quote-unquote Old Testament, is only the Old, Old, Old Testament because it dealt with Israel and it had the Old Covenant in it. Now, let's bring in the New Covenant, but let's also realize that God revealed a lot of things about himself in quote-unquote, the Old Testament. If God said that I'm merciful and gracious and long-suffering, and y'all know I quote that a lot of times because that's one of my favorite scriptures. <laughs> but uh, if he says that in the Old Testament, just because it's the Old Testament, do that mean that cease to be? If God said thou should not kill because it's in the Old Testament, do that cease to be? No, it don't. It tells us about the holiness of God. It tells us about what is acceptable and unacceptable to God. This is why the Bible tells us that we have to rightly divide the word of truth. He was talking to Christians. He says to study, not read, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So that means that there is some division that has to be made, and we have to know what is pertaining to us now and how it's pertaining to us. We have to know what we uh, uh, don't have to keep to be justified, but know that it's teaching us something about the righteousness of God. You understand what I'm saying? So because we get in the New Testament and we bring everything in now because we New Testament saints. Because we have eliminated <laughs> a lot of the revelation that God gave us about himself. 
Don't you know that Jesus Christ came to reveal the Father? He didn't come to a, a separate from the Father. He came and the, the Bible said that God was in him, reconciling the world unto himself. God was in him. So he manifested to us the true likeness of God. He manifested to us, and then it took at least four Gospels that we have in our Bible to even begin to write about the ministry of Jesus. Four different views of the same Jesus. And I'm pretty sure that that some more people could have written if the Holy Spirit would have willed it to be that way. Now, some people say, well, they are some more gospel and they didn't make the canon. I'm not going to get into that right now. But uh, the four gospels that, 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 that's in our canon of scriptures, four different views of the same Jesus. My God. Listen, all those passages from Ezekiel 14, then 14th chapter, and then from Ezekiel 33, they are different. Uh, one, the Lord is talking about the people coming to Ezekiel, and uh, Ezekiel is like entertainment to them. In the 14th chapter, God said he was going to judge the, the, the people that inquire because they came with idols in their hearts. Not only did he say he's going to judge them, he said he's going to judge the prophets that are deceived, that, 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 that feel like they got to muster up a word. <laughs> because these people come, they feel like they got to give them something, so they muster up something. God said he's going to judge them as well. Now, these passages are different. But, uh, and, and they have to deal with different circumstances in different situations. But all this happened during the captivity. They both fit under the umbrella of the overall context of the book of Ezekiel. In other words, remember in the 36th chapter, the Lord told what he was going to do. And, I, and hopefully I get there. If I don't, I will cut in. You know how some people have a program on TV and they cut in for a, a, a special report. I cut in for a special report. <laughs> Whew, I feel good this morning. Uh, uh, do y'all feel good this morning? Hallelujah. I'm, I, I was hoping that y'all did so I wouldn't be the only one. All right. <laughs> well, we know that Ezekiel was prophesying. He was taken captive to Babylon with what was, came to be known as Judah, but it was made up of the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. The elders came to Ezekiel. They came seeking. And like I said, we can only uh, surmise what it was that they came for. And, and if you read, it's like in the context, it, 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 it is a good it is an indication that they came to, to, to uh, get Ezekiel to intercede on behalf of Jerusalem because they love Jerusalem, right? And, they, and, and so the Lord told them, he said, though Job, Noah, and Daniel was in that city, they can only spare themselves. This is how upset the Lord was with them. He said, though Daniel, though Job, Daniel and Noah was in, the, and I'm, I'm, I can't remember the, 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 uh, the order, and I don't think the order really matters. But those three individuals, though they were in that city, they can only save themselves. They could not intercede on behalf of that city. Now, apparently, you know, you can only surmise, that they thought about when Abraham went and stood before the Lord, and, and, and he interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and, and he got down to, Lord, if there are ten righteous, he went through a different number, couple, couple of numbers, and the Lord said, I won't destroy it if I find this many. And he got down to ten. 
And the Lord said, I won't destroy. Then Abraham stopped interceding. Well, they were saying, Lord, apparently they went to, to Ezekiel and said, can you get the Lord to, 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 to promise us that he won't destroy Jerusalem if he find? And the Lord told him, said, I ain't even trying to hear that. I'm paraphrasing it. I'm not even trying to hear that. He said, I'm going to judge Jerusalem. But I'm going to judge you for coming to me because you still got the idols in your heart. That tells me that idol worship is a metaphysical thing. It's beyond the natural. It's spiritual. You, we create idols and we carry them in our minds and in our hearts. It's the way we see the world based on our idol. And listen to this, and I'm here up, so I, 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 I want to get here. I read a book by uh, an author by the name of uh, G.K. Bill, one of the best books I've ever re uh, read before because it really shook me to my core. And uh, in the book, it says that we become what we worship. We become what we worship. And what he was saying there is that from Psalms 115, I think it is, it talked about the idols being gold and silver and wood and the work of men's hands and say that they can't hear, they can't speak, they don't have understanding, they can't walk. But listen to what the psalmist say, all who make them are like unto them. All who make them, oh, let's go back a little way to the book of Exodus. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt and I, from his memory, Aaron created an idol made of gold and said, Israel, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. Notice after that, the Lord referred to them as stiff neck, like that idol. Like that idol that you are worshiping, you have become stiff-necked. You're blind. <laughs> You're dull of hearing. Idols can't hear. Idols don't have life. We wonder why people sitting up in the church dead. Could it be because of the idols that we have in our hearts and in our minds? We have no life because the idols don't have life. Idols can't give you life. So we go weak throughout the week and we give God no attention whatsoever and we give all our attention to the world system and the world system cannot give us life. So we are dead, but yet we are Christians. The Lord told the church of Laodicea, he said, I know your works, <laughs> that you have, a, 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 you know, that you uh, you know, profess to be alive, but you're dead. He said that you are poor, wretched, miserable, and blind. This is what he said to Christians, saints. You are blind. Why? Because of what you have worshipped. It was the ideology that they were living by. And this is what the Lord said. This is the church. The Lord said, behold, I stand at the door. And now you are having church. You are having worship service. But 
I'm not in the midst of it. God came to dwell in the midst of his people. But the Lord is not in the midst of this ideology that we have, that we have encompassed the world thinking into it, and we call it the God that bought us out of sin, and it's not him. It's something we have concocted, and it allows us to be evil. It, it allows us to be wicked. It allows us to, 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 to do sexual immoral things. It, that, that the God that we have created allows us to do whatever we want to do because we've created that God after our image and after our likeness. And the Lord said, I won't hear you. He said that the children of Israel has set up stumbling blocks before their face. Isaiah said that the Lord's hand is not so short that he can't save, and his ear is not so dull he can't hear, but your sins and your iniquities have hid his face from you that he won't hear you. It was what we are doing. That God don't want to hear us. He can't hear us. He can't hear us. He can't get past our iniquity. What is iniquity? Don't you know that there was no offering in the Old Testament for iniquity? It could only be dealt with on the great day of atonement. And the high priest had to uh, take the scapegoat, lay his hand on the scapegoat, and confess all, profess, or confess all the sins and the iniquities of Israel. And that scapegoat then took those uh, uh, iniquities off into the desert, took them off into an uninhabited place, and died. That's the only way iniquity could be dealt with. But in Christ, iniquity has been dealt with. Iniquity is that thing that we know is wrong, but we continue to do it. The world may not see me. The church don't see me. I come, I lift up hands. I say hallelujah. I dance. I do all of that. But if I regard iniquity in my heart, the sermon says, the Lord won't hear me. We need to stop trying to force things that's not, you can't be forced. You can't tell people God hear you when you know they're wicked, when you know that they're not living right. And then you, we ourselves, when we know we're not living right, stop saying that God hears me. I am tired of hearing this mess. And you hear it a lot of times on television. I heard some church people do it. If something have already transpired, let's say, you know, you in the, and this is a very cruel analogy, but I don't want to get too graphic, all right? You in the uh, back room, you hear water, you hear something knock over in the kitchen. And you say, I pray that you haven't knocked over. We, we say, well, the problem with that prayer is too late. Yeah, okay, I, let, let me confess something here, right? Sometimes I look at Maury, right? I look at Maury, and these young girls be on them, and Maury say, do you think such and such, is, or, you know, it's the daddy? I've been praying all night, I hope so. It is what it is. Either he is, or he's not. All your praying ain't going to matter. When the election had happened, People, I prayed that God, and then they thought God, they thought it was a mistake. They're calling for angels from all over the place. It is what it is. All that praying is a way. See, we done bought into the world thinking. That prayer, we done made a mockery of prayer. 
know what to pray about. Something you can't pray about it is what it is. Now, you can be diagnosed with, a, with an ailment and you can pray that God heal you, but don't pray and say, Lord, I pray I ain't got it when the doctor done told you you had it. Now just pray for healing. Know what to pray for. We don't bother into the world's thinking because the world don't know God. And whoever they are worshiping God, let me tell you something. Man was created to worship. Okay, there is no middle ground of it. Man was created to worship. So we're going to worship somebody or something. We're going to worship. And behind that something is a, a, a being, which is Satan, right? Those who don't worship God, you're worshiping the devil. Now, just because you don't see the horns and whatnot, you'll say, I'm not worshiping the devil. You don't have to see horns. Is the ideology of Satanism. It's the way the world thinks, and it is predicated upon the flesh of man, the carnal nature of man. So, the thing is, saints, is that we can't allow ourselves to be, be bought into this. We have, we have bought into it. You see a lot of it on television. I've often changed my station. When there's one particular station I'd be looking at, it's a, it's a cruising station, and they always got this little gimmick. Water from the Nile and all this stuff. Six hundred five dollars for this. What are they gonna do? And then I'm gonna tell you one thing they've done that really. I, I even talked to Bishop about it. I say, Bishop, they saying that they got some oil and they got some red dye in it and call it the call it the blood of Jesus. What? You got some oil. You put a drop of dye in it. Red dye and call it the blood of Jesus. See, that's worldly thinking. How can you call that the blood of Jesus? That's, that, 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 that's mockery. You don't do that. But we done bought into the world's thinking, and then we get mad when we are challenged on these things. Don't you know this is the time for us to challenge one another in the way we're thinking? Because, listen, coronavirus didn't happen for no reason at all. What has happened during this virus, saints, is there's been a great reset that's worldwide. Let me tell you something. God would not allow it if he didn't have something he was trying to do in the body of Christ. What we have noticed is that a lot of things about so-called churches have been manifested. And has been shown that it don't line up with scripture. A lot of people have been exposed that they're not after the Bible. And it's going to be some more people exposed. Take my word for it. Because we, we, this is the way we haven't traveled before. And we got to be still and wait on the Lord and let the Lord lead us. Because we've never been this way before. Oh, there's been viruses that happen, but not in our day. Okay, so we got to know what to do and in, 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 in for us to think that we know what to do just because we are Christians. First of all, make sure what you're doing is lining up with what everybody else is doing because at this particular moment, God is putting everybody on the same track. And that's to glorify Christ. You understand what I'm saying? So if it's not glorifying Christ, saints, let me tell you, it's a lot of people, a lot of things are going to be judged. They're talking about getting back to normal ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. I was talking to a couple of friends of mine. I said, it's like taking a T-shirt out the pack. 
<laughs> you can never put it back the way it was. And, and the way God has done this thing, it won't go back to the way it was. So saints, what we've got to do and what's been manifested to us is our thinking. Do it line up with Scripture? Or have we allowed the world to get involved? Have we uh, adopted some of the world's thinking and now we call it the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have we adopted the, world, the world's uh, uh, ideology and say this is the God that redeemed us? And saints, let me tell you, if it's not at the Scripture, it's not the God that redeemed you. It's the God you have concocted. Then a way that you know that you've concocted it, because when somebody challenges you on it, you get mad and want to fight. You get mad and don't want to talk to them no more. Cause, no, 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 no. Don't you know it's in the marketplace where ideas are exchanged and you begin to exchange ideas and you, hear, you may hear something that you never, uh, 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 from an angle that you never considered. This is how you learn. You learn by exchanging ideas. But when you are so self-righteous and, and can't nobody tell you anything, you know it all, that's a problem. Especially when it's not lining up with Scripture. Now, let me tell you what, what, um, what has happened here. <laughs> because I didn't have my computer, I was actually preaching out of my heart what the Lord had really placed in my heart. Because I, I, I had this in my heart. But uh, So I'll be jumping back and forth uh, here, but I'm still talking about I just the heart. Heart matters. And I would have said the heart matters, but I, I wanted to do a play on the word heart matters. Because there are matters of the heart that we got to be attentive to. There are matters that we got to be attentive to. First of all, during this time, don't you know that we ought to be, be, be uh, examining our hearts? We have so much time on our hands right now. So much uh, 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 individual, you know, uh, Quiet time on all the time. So we got times to study. We got times to search our hearts. We got times to spend in the face of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Paul said that we all behold in a glass, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. That tells me. Well, let me go back to the to Psalms. When thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I see. Why? Because the glory is in the face of Jesus Christ. And by being in the face of Jesus Christ, by us seeking the face of Jesus Christ, then we are changed from glory to glory into the image of Christ. Well, it's the same thing about the idols, but they don't have life. But when you are seeking the idols and you are putting the idols up, you are erecting idols in your heart and in your thinking, and you begin to walk after those idols, you begin to resemble those idols, lifeless, just sitting there, standing there. No life whatsoever. Say amen. Clap your hand. Say hallelujah. Nothing. Why? <laughs> You're resembling what you worship. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Christians ought to have joy. Paul said that the fruit of the Spirit, he named the fruit, you know, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentle faith, meekness, temperance. Well, one of them is, is joy. Right? The kingdom of God is joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God. 
joy. So if anything, we ought to have joy. If we don't have joy, we have to ask ourselves, have we been seeking God? Now, as are you saying that we got to stay on our knees 24 hours a day seeking the God? No, 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 no. I'm not meaning that. I mean that. I don't mean that. What I mean, this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night. By doing so, thou shalt make your way prosperous. Meditate. The beginning of the 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 former prophets start with meditating. The beginning of the writings in the book of Psalms, Psalms 1 and 2. Blessed the man that walketh not in the castle of the ungodly, nor sit standing in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law do he meditate day and night. So, so uh, Elder, are you saying that, 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 that I got to be thinking scripture? All the time. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying eventually everything you do is going to have scripture involved in it. If it don't have scripture involved in it, it's going to convict you. What you mean by that? Even when I'm at the movies, if I'm looking at a movie that is not wholesome and don't have a good message, it's going to convict me. Why? Because the word of God is in me. And the word of God is saying that is not scriptural. I can see a, 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 a movie a Christian movie, a, 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 a movie that's, that, that's created about the Lord. It could be about the, the, the Israel, Israelites being taken out of Egypt. It could be any of that. And if they get off, it ought to mess with you. Because it's not after Scripture. Because now the Holy Spirit is in you. And the Holy Spirit, everything you do, listen to what the Bible says about the fool. The fool that said in his heart, there is... No God. And talk about them being corrupt and doing all kinds of evil things. And they say God is not in all of their faults. Right? Okay, Elder, so you're trying to say Christian is a fool. I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying that Peter said that if you don't add to your faith the things that I talked earlier, he said he that lacketh these things is blind. Or in some translations it says nearsighted and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he's been purged from his old sin. In other words, he acting or she's acting like they're unsaved. You can't even tell they're saved. Why? Because the way they're acting. And then you have to ask yourself, then why the Holy Spirit ain't convicting them? Because somewhere along the line there ought to be a conviction going on. The Holy Spirit convicting us about our waywardness. God said to these elders, he said he was going to bring judgment to capture their hearts. He will bring judgment so that he may recapture their hearts. This is what God's wanting to do with us. When we get off track, he wants to recapture our hearts because our hearts have been separated or estranged from God. So God said, I want to recapture your heart. Like I said about the Laodicean church, they thought they had it together. But the Lord told them, said, uh, you don't have it together. You are poor, wretched, miserable, and blind. Just listen, Paul talked about we cast down imaginations and high things and everything that erects itself against the knowledge of God and bring it down. So in other words, these idols are in our minds. And we have to continually cast them down because they're trying to erect themselves. They're trying to erect themselves and say, I'm the Lord. 
And you'll be saying, oh, you know what? And you'll take a scripture and Satan will twist that thing and say, has not the Lord said, and, oh, you shall not surely die. For in the day you die. And he spoke the truth, but he spoke it wrongly. He told him, you should not surely die. For the Lord knows in the day that you eat, you should be like him, knowing good and evil. And he said, but they could never be exactly like God. They would know it, but then comes responsibility with it. Now you know it, now you're responsible for what you know. He lied to them, predicated, told Jesus, said, cast yourself down from here, for it is written that he should give his angels charge over thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. He spoke the truth, but he spoke it wrongly. Why? Because in the psalm it says, they should keep thee in all your ways. See, Satan left that part out. It wasn't Jesus' way or any of our way to jump down off of a, 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 a pinnacle of a temple to prove anything. You see what I'm saying? This is how so conniving he is. This is why it's so important for us to make sure that the Holy Spirit is guiding us from day to day. He's the only one that can shed light on the deception of Satan. Satan would love for us to think we're right when we're wrong. We can leave here today saying we're going to New York and head toward um, I-77 South. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you may get there, but they're going to take you a long time. <laughs> because we can say that we are saved and say the Lord is using us and things like that. But then we're doing what we want to do and doing it, you know, and knowing that the Bible teaches against it. But you try to rationalize it and say, well, the Lord understands my heart. He's merciful and he's great. He's loving. You should love everybody. And they are so right. See how the deception is? We should love everybody. We do love everybody. Christian love. But let me tell you, in order for us to express, remember I said earlier, there are some things we must add. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, brotherly kindness. All these things have to be added before we even get to love. Peter said add, and I think he knew what he was talking about. The Holy Spirit led him. He knew what he was talking about. The Holy Spirit said there are some things that have to be added before we can walk in the agape love of God, the unconditional love of God. It's easy to say, I love you. Those words are easy to say. But to live them is totally different. To live them means I got to deny myself and look for your well-being, Right? That's love. Now listen, in closing, um, okay, I'm having to blow this up. So um, we must do, what must we do in the light of this information in Ezekiel 14 chapter? Uh, the Lord will allow suffering on the behalf of his people to recapture their hearts. And we, you'll see that in that passage. He wants to recapture the hearts, but he's going to do it through judgment. So, saints, if God tells the people, I'm doing this through judgment, that means there's no other way to do it. He's going to do it. He will judge the idols of our hearts, number one. He promised to judge the idols, saying he would answer the elders of Judah in keeping with the multitude of their idols which they have erected. This denotes that a total elimination 
of the idols of their hearts. He will eliminate it. But don't you know that the idols would be eliminated the way we think think would be eliminated when the Lord brings us through something? Don't you know that uh, 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 us uh, maturing in Christ, that also burns some things out? Because listen to what Paul said. When I was a child, I spake as a child. <laughs> I understood as a child. I thought as a child. So the way you think, you think childishness. But as you, when I became a man, I put away childish things. See, some things ought to be done away because we're no longer children. We're nothing, no, no, no. See, don't you know that the Bible says that the earth is groaning even until now, waiting for the manifestation, not the children of God, but for the sons of God. The sons of God, mature sons, not just children. See, that's when God gets glory out of our lives. Because we have been changed from glory to glory. And now we resemble the God that we serve. Um, God said that he will judge the idols. We must recognize that the purpose of this judgment is to recapture the heart. As I said earlier, to capture their hearts. And the same rings true today. God will bring judgment in order to recapture the hearts of the people. Now that may seem like a... Uh, oxymoron you may say, well, how can God recapture, recapture, recapture the hearts when uh, he's allowing judgment to come? Don't you know the true saints of God is going to hold on irregardless to what judgment bring, what judgment comes? The true saints of God is going to hold on like Job say, yea, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. True saints of God. Now, in chapter 36, he promised to bring them back to himself, to their own land, not only uh, not only that, but he also promised uh, to sprinkle uh, clean water on them. See, Ezekiel was a priest. And so he's prophesying, you know, and his priestly uh, uh, training is coming in. He would sprinkle clean water on them. He would take the heart of stone out of them and give them a heart of flesh. Now, you say, well, this has been done in Christ. It has been. But don't you know if you don't know it or if you don't live like it, then Peter said that you can act like you ain't even been saved because you don't realize what God has done. You're not keeping in the forefront of your mind that this has been done. So, no, I am not that thing. Bishop Priest, the message, I'll never forget it. You are not that thing. <laughs> and I am not that thing. I don't care what I used to do. I'm not that thing. How can I be that thing when I'm always being convicted? When I indulge in that thing, how can I be that thing? Well, because the Holy Spirit won't let me rest. I'm not that thing. I got to get where, who I am, get where the Holy Spirit has for me to be so, uh, 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 so the Holy Spirit will no longer convict me about it. I got to get where the Lord wants me to be. Right? We must... Okay. We must realize that uh, this has been done for us. Uh, God has given us a new heart. Uh, notice what God said to them first in the 36th chapter. He talked about sprinkling the hearts and giving them a, a, a new heart and, and whatnot. But then he talked about the physical needs. And then I will restore you to your land and I will restore your cattle. See, God is going to deal with the filth. Read it for yourself. In the 36th chapter, when God said, I will give you, and this is what I will do, he talked about the spiritual things first, and then he talked about restoring the physical things. So don't you know that the physical things that God uh, 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 wants to, to be a part of our lives, he wants to give us, he can't give it until he deals with the, the spiritual part? 
And what I mean by that, saints, is that we are constantly in the process of becoming. Becoming like him. Constantly in the process of becoming. And when we cease to be to, 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 uh, in, in that process, we have to ask ourselves, is it because I've taken my eyes off of him? And now I'm no longer being transferred, uh, 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 being changed into his likeness. I have taken my eyes off him and now I am resembling something else. Now I am resembling a dead idol, an idol that can't give me anything. An idol that allows me, because it's out of my own imagination, it allows me to do what I feel like I want to do. If I want to have sex out of where like, my idol allows me to do it. This is the Lord that brought you out of Egypt, but guess not. It's not him. My, 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 my idol allows me to go after the same flesh. Guess what? It's not him. It's not him. It's something that we have concocted in our own mental thinking, our own minds, and called it God. And saints, let me tell you something. If anything that God is judging right now is the idols. God said that he is going to purify unto himself a people, right? And he's going to bring them unto himself without spot or wrinkle. So what that tells us is that in order for that to happen, that there has to be a judgment. There has to be a sanctification. This is what it's talking about, a sanctification, a sanctification process that will uh, bring out what God wants to bring out in us. Don't you know that a grape cannot give forth its fragrance or orange cannot give forth its fragrance until it's squeezed? Until it's been bruised? If it's been bruised, you can smell the aroma of the orange. And don't you know, uh, many times we cannot give forth the aroma that God wants to come out of us unless we allow him to bruise us. But we run from bruising into the gods that we've created in our own minds. There's a danger because this one saved, always saved. Uh, you have to go back and re-examine that because I don't think it's true. I think true saved people won't walk away from God. You may walk away, but you're going to be convicted. So let me rephrase that. You may walk away, but you're going to be convicted. And you'll find yourself miserable. And you eventually come back. Or a lot of times people end up dying. Saved, but you end up dying in that wayward state. But people who don't have conviction about sin, you have to ask yourself, am I really saved? Or did I go to the altar and receive the idol? That don't exist. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Thank you for, for bearing with me this morning. Had to use my phone. My son came in with my computer, but it was too late. I had started. The train was already on the track. Hallelujah. Again, like I say, we want to just thank God for uh, allowing uh, me to be here. Thank uh, God for our Bishop Jackson, uh, for in his absence, our First Lady, all our elders and ministers. We want to open up uh, right now the altar, even though we don't use the altar right now because of COVID. But anybody who wants to come, in your heart you come, even online. Whenever you may look at this in your heart, if you want to receive Christ, 
That's where you do it in your heart, okay? Hmm. Let me say this right quick. I hear the Lord say, protect your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. I didn't have that in my sermon. I just, just Lord, protect your heart with all diligence, because out of your heart flows the issues of life. So when we allow erroneous thinking, to get in our hearts and our psyche, and we begin to live like that. We begin to say, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. Then saints, it's a gross mistake. We cease to grow. So I want to open the door to anybody who feel like that maybe you fit that criteria, feel like that maybe you have been worshiping a God that don't exist. You thought it was the God of the Bible. But uh, let me tell you something. Get in the Bible study somewhere. And that's learning about Christ. But if you want to receive, we want to open up the altar this morning and let us pray with you this morning. All right? And then we'll pray for those who have never received Christ, right? We want to pray for them. But first, let's pray for the ones who are Christians, who have lost their way. Let's pray. Father God, it's in Jesus' name that we come this morning. Lord God, your word is great and you are great and mighty to be praised. We honor you, we reverence you, we say, God, have your way. You are the only true God. And we ask that you would forgive us this morning, any that's under the sound of my voice, who have allowed the world's thinking to um, infiltrate their minds and the way they live, and they have bought into it. And they are now attributing things to God that is not of God. We ask that you would forgive every sin and as you have in Jesus Christ. We acknowledge our sin, Father. We ask that you would have your way, be merciful unto us, bring us back unto yourself. We yield ourselves afresh unto your God, and we, Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves afresh to you, have your way in our hearts. Be glorified, Lord God, in us, in everything we do, in our minds, in our hearts, in our actions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we pray for any that have not been saved. You never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Some of them are what they call agnostics. They may say, well, I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough understanding to, to say that Jesus is Lord. Or some that, that for the, up until now, you may have thought that there was no God, right? Or some who say that... Uh, I'll give my life to the Lord when the time is right. Let me tell you, the time is right now. It's right, right now. Tomorrow is not promised to us. So we're going to pray that you would uh, yield your heart to God and that the Lord will receive you at this particular time. Father God, it's in Jesus' name that we come. We lift up all that's under the sound of my voice who've never received you before. We know, Father, that the world lies in wickedness, as John said, but you have given us light and life. We ask that you would receive, Father, everyone who acknowledged that they are sinners. Acknowledge, oh God, that they have not uh, become a child of God for whatever reason. They acknowledge that and they repent of that today. We ask that you would repeat after me, Lord God, I understand that you have died in my place through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice. 
Now, Father, we ask that you would accept me into your family. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. Father, save me. Holy Spirit, fill me. I renounce my evil tendencies. I renounce the world's thinking. I renounce my involvement in any wickedness of any kind. I renounce it today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died. I believe that you were buried. I believe that you were resurrected. Now, Father, I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe it in my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.